when an animal is predicted to be going extinct, the world stops and takes notice. Laws are passed, we are on high alert, and we use utmost diligence in preserving that species. But what happens when thoughts are on the edge of going extinct? What happens when an idea, a skill, or philosophy is on the threat of extinction? Shouldn't we take the same diligence and use the same precautions? I think so. Which is why I'm making this episode. I've been thinking about making this episode for a while. And while I was processing it, in my mind, putting it together, this song came on my music player. Give a little bit. Give a little bit of your love to me. Give a little bit. Give a Me too, Nacho. In fact, I've been concerned for a little while, to be honest. And I've been wanting to do a podcast on it, but I just haven't been able to formulate the podcast in a way. It's it's been like all my thoughts are like a plate of spaghetti. They're all intertwined, but they're not linear like a waffle. Uh, They're more like all intertwined with each other. And I've had the hardest time trying to put together a linear to simplify it. So everyone else that doesn't have a spaghetti brain like mine could, could, (laughs) it would make sense to them. And as I was trying to formulate that thought in my mind, that song came on and I immediately went back in the day to the memories and the good thoughts that that song brought about. And as I was kind of lost in that moment, it dawned on me that this song actually goes right along with what I'm trying to talk about. So I still don't have the podcast formulated, but I kind of took that as a sign that I need to do this podcast because that song came right on. It was almost like God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. But to me, I feel like that's how kind of God guides us. I felt like when that song came on, it was a confirmation that you know, you might not have this whole thing figured out, but it's been long enough. You've been thinking about this thing long enough. Sometimes you just got to get out there and you just got to talk about it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to apologize in advance if any of my thoughts go all over the place, but but hang out with me and make sure that you get the, the main gist of what I'm trying to say, which is what, what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about a thought, a philosophy that if we're not careful could very easily go extinct. At least that's what I'm concerned about. What are you concerned about, Nacho Libre? I'm a little concerned right now. I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. You know, that's interesting, Nacho, because that really fits right along with what I want to talk about today, with the concept of something that is going extinct. And I think that something is about finding the truth, how to find 
the truth. A lot of people like to throw around that word science when they don't want to go about the scientific method. They throw around, a lot of people throw around from all sorts of different sides of an issue when they don't want to talk about it or discuss it. They just want to say, throw in the word, you don't believe in science. But science really is all about the scientific method, isn't it? I mean, that's what I learned in school. Of course, that was a long time ago. But science is all about the scientific method, which is how we find truth, which is what I'm worried about becoming extinct if we don't start changing some of our perspectives, which is why we're doing this episode today. You know, science and the scientific method isn't just about lab experiments and beakers. And and even though I liked the beakers and the experiments we got to do in school, when I think of science, I think of that. But science is so much more than that. Sciencing.com says, quote, with a little consideration and observation, any problem encountered in daily life is a potential possibility to use the scientific method. In other words, the scientific method is important, and not just for your sophomore science grade, (laughs) but for life. I mean, science is all about finding the truth, but I think we've twisted what science really is because like I said, we got to get back to the scientific method. You know, it's really funny because <laughs> I came across, um, I was looking up science and I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast, trying to simplify things down a little bit. And you know, when you type and you Google, you know, science or whatever, then it has all these other questions on there that, you know, that go along with the question that you do typed in. And one of them was, um, what is science? simple definition. I'm like, that's what I need. I need the simple definition and check out what it said when I clicked on it. Science is the intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. (laughs) And that's the problem right there. That is the simple version of science, (laughs) which to me is anything but simple. And really finding the truth is the same thing. That's what science and the scientific method is all about. The goal is solving a problem or gathering correct information. So the scientific method isn't just about beakers and and high school and college. It's about everyday life. Every problem we have in life is an opportunity for us to use the scientific method, not just say, follow the science. But when someone says, follow the science, I want to say, okay, I'll follow the science. Show me your experiments. Show me your beakers. Show me, show me your, your lab experience. Show me the data that your experiment does. Cause that's what science is. It's all about experimentation. It's all about the scientific method. You know, the scientific method, basically you locate or identify a problem to solve Then you describe that problem in detail. You make observations and measurements, like when and where and how this thing happens, how long this happens, how often it happens, so on and so forth. Then you form a hypothesis or an educated guess about what you think the problem might be or what a possible solution could be. Then you test that hypothesis by creating an experiment. And then after that experiment is done, You analyze all that data, 
And then you repeat the steps of observation, hypothesis, formation, and testing until you reach a conclusion that is reinforced by supporting data or directly solves the problem at hand. In other words, you spot a problem, you make an educated guess on its solution, you experiment with that, and you try to prove it wrong. That's what I learned in my science in high school is that it has to be falsifiable. In other words, what you're trying to do is you're not just trying to, here's my hypothesis, I'm going to cut corners or I'm going to budge numbers or I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that my hypothesis is correct. No, your hypothesis needs, it, it needs to be falsifiable. You're trying to prove it wrong so that you can prove that it's right. Does that make sense? You're trying beyond a shadow of a doubt, prove it's right by trying to prove it being wrong. It's supposed to be falsifiable. You're trying to disprove your educated guess so that when you can't disprove it, when you've tried every angle to disprove it and you can't, then you know that that is the answer. But what I've learned in all my science experiments way back in the day was your first hypothesis is rarely the final hypothesis. After you have this hypothesis on what you think the solution could be, and you do the experiment, you come and find out, oh, shoot, I didn't, I didn't counter that, or the, the data doesn't seem to be lining up how I wanted the data to line up. So then you change one aspect of that experiment, and you try the experiment several more times. And you keep changing little parts of that experimentation until you find all the little things that create problems with your theory and until you come up with a solution, right? So you spot a problem, you make an educated guess on its solution, you experiment with that, then you collect all that info from your experimentation and you form a new educated guess or reform your first educated guess until you have done enough experiments on this possible solution or what this problem might be until you've got it down and you know this is what it is. But man, sometimes people take science and they they just they they make it fit to I've got an agenda, I've got a solution. I came up with my theory already. Man, to just say something is science, I, I feel like and I don't know if everyone does it this way, but when I've seen it, usually that means to shut the other person up. Like you just don't believe in science. Because I only believe in science. <laughs> like Nacho Libre and uh, his partner there. You know, you're just judging me because I don't believe in science. And sometimes that's what we do. Like, my way is true. And if you don't believe my way, then you don't believe in science. But even following the scientific method, you find the truth, you find the solution by experimenting with it. Which takes me right back to Supertramp. Give a little bit. Give a little bit of your love to me. Did you know that Supertramp was actually called Daddy? I was going to call this podcast Who's Your Daddy, but I decided <laughs> against it. But that was their first name in like 1969 or 1970, something like that. In fact, I believe that Supertramp came about by like a newspaper ad. Uh, a guy wanted to start a band, so he put out an, an article in the Penny Saver or whatever it was, and that's how they formed the band, supposedly, and they called their band Daddy, but there was another band out there called Daddy Long Legs, from what I understand, and so they didn't want to confuse them with them, so w when one of their main players left, that's when they decided to change their name to Supertramp, which was based upon an autobiography by... William H. Davies way back in the early 1900s called The Autobiography of a Supertramp. The book subject matter basically described the way of life of the tramp in the United Kingdom, Canada, and United States 
in the final decade of the 19th century, according to Wikipedia, anyway. So I found that very interesting. But that isn't the only way to define what tramp means. According to the dictionary, a tramp can mean a person who travels from place to place on foot in search of work. But it can also mean to walk heavily or noisily, such as he tramped around the room. And you know what? I think that that's kind of what we're doing a lot of times is we are, we are tramping on other people. We are walking heavily and noisily, and we feel like, you know, when it comes to getting follows and likes, which is okay, but sometimes we twist that to now it ruins the whole point. In other words, we've got to, the, the louder the noise we make, the more followers we get, the more likes we get, the more attention we get, the more people we get to, to pay attention to us. And so we not only tramp people on their thoughts and their ideas, we super tramp them. I think this song, like I said, fits perfectly because it says There's so much that we need to share So send a smile and show you care There's so much that we need to share So send a smile and show you care Later on it says See the See the man with the lonely eyes. Take his hand. You'll be surprised. I was talking to a friend of mine who had posted something on social media that was kind of controversial. And another friend of ours came on and began to discuss that. Now, they didn't debate it. They didn't argue it. Now, some people might say that, but I, I see a difference there. Discussing is a little bit different to me than I think oftentimes what we try to do is, this is what I mean with a scientific method. Like, here's where the plate of spaghetti comes in. <laughs> For us to find the truth, here's a thought that I think is going extinct. For us to find the truth, we find that truth with each other. What we like to do these days, anyway, from what I'm noticing, and that's what I would call debating or arguing. It's my way is right. I'm going to convince you that my way is right. But that's not the same as seeking truth of finding truth. In fact, there's an ancient saying, it's in the Bible that says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So when you know truth, truth sets you free. It it makes you free. It makes you happy when you know truth. But truth isn't about, I'm going to prove my theory right now. No, it's a theorem that you have. And to make it a theory, you, you need to falsify it. There needs to be people that you can, we find truth together. And that's what was going on in the social media post. When my friend posted something, and most of their friends on there were going right along with it, that's what happens on social media, and we start feeling really good because all of our friends are just going to just agree with us, right? And that's why a lot of them are friends, because we, we have the same viewpoint. However, oftentimes, you know, we agree with each other because we're friends, and, you know, we're, we don't want to offend anybody, and that's what's helping this thing go extinct, is like, how can we find the truth if we don't really share what we're really feeling? And so... One of our mutual friends posted on that social media post, but it wasn't saying, I agree with that 100%, you're right on. It disagreed. It said, but what about this? So then my friend replied back to my other friend. I hope this is making sense, right? And said, and they began to discuss this back and forth. But one of the friends got on there and began to debate or argue, began to be kind of mean to this other friend of ours that posted a reply back. 
to that comment. To which the friend that started the post replied back, that person is my friend. That person is very close to me. You be careful how you respond to them. The difference between the two people responding to that contradicting thought was one was close, the other one didn't even know the person. And that's a problem with finding the truth. Finding the truth, first of all, isn't about I'm right, you're wrong. I'm going to prove to you I'm right. You're completely wrong. I'm completely right. That's not truth. That's called pride. <laughs> and it just doesn't seem right to me. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm probably going to be making some people angry in this thing. But I'm telling you, but if we don't pay attention, this way of finding truth, the true science, which is the scientific method, is going to go extinct if we don't pay attention. Like Supertramp saying in the song, see the man with the lonely eyes, take his hand, you'll be surprised. When we start seeing social media, when we start seeing people as people and not just opinions, we'll be surprised. Because my friend who started the post got a little bit protective for someone who disagreed with them. And I thought that was what I'm talking about. It didn't matter that that person disagreed. It mattered that that person was close to me. And don't trash that person. And we've got to stop this. Stop calling them right wing and left wing. Don't you understand? I don't know who it is, but there are some forces or some people out there that are trying to separate you from your friends because of your opinion, because of your theorem that you think is theory. And no relationship is worth sacrificing because of my opinion. In my opinion. People are, or what's important. This song by Supertramp reminds me of the Dionne Warwick song. What the world, what the world needs, needs now, now is, love, is love, sweet love. Sweet love. That's the only thing. It's the only thing that, that there's just, just too little love. love. If we don't have love, what do we have? Every one of us wants to be noticed. Every one of us needs to be noticed. We were made to, to be loved and to love. And I know sometimes people get on our nerves and we wish that maybe sometimes people would be out of our lives. But after a while, when people are out of your life, it changes everything because life is all about love. We were made to love and we were made to be loved. And that's how we find the truth. That's what this song is all about. It says, I'll give a little bit, you give a little bit. And at, at different, you know, it, it talks about give a little bit of love, give a little bit of time, give a little bit of life. Give a, you know, give a little bit of your attention. All these things, that's, it says, I will give a little bit of me, you give a little bit of you, and together that's how we find truth. There's so much that we need to share. Because there's so much that we need to share. But we got to send a smile and show that we care. To get behind a, a screen and a keyboard and just start trashing people, we forgot that they're human beings. And if we're not careful, the system of finding truth, which is you have something to offer this equation, so do I. I just made some killer homemade ice cream for Labor Day, like I talked about in our podcast. And in that, there are all sorts of ingredients, including salt. Like, how, why would you put salt in ice cream? That doesn't make sense to me. I'm not talking about the salt to help melt the ice cream in the process of making it to melt the ice to make the ice cream i'm talking about the salt in the actual recipe and if it were up to me i probably wouldn't put um eggs in there i don't eggs are for scrambling in the morning right but all the ingredients this recipe and when i i start tweaking around with the recipe and i sometimes i put in a little bit less so i try to cut the recipe in half and so it, you know how do you cut five eggs in half well i don't i just 
either do two eggs or do three eggs. And sometimes I found that when I start to mess with that recipe that someone has spent a long time perfecting, when I try to start tweaking it, oftentimes the ice cream does not turn out. And our opinions, our thoughts, our attitudes are all like different ingredients of a recipe that we need to not just throw in the bowl, but we got to mix it together. You got to turn on the beaters and you're going to, and you, you fire off against each other, but you do it in love. You do it, you send a smile and show you care. Just like my friend who responded back to our mutual friend that disagreed with each other and said, well, you got a good point, but what about this? And then that friend came back because they were treated that way that our mutual friend came back and said, well, yeah, you got a point there, but I still think this. And and the person I was talking to about this said, you know what, Steve, we both changed a little bit in our perspective. And that's what I'm talking about. They both get, got closer to the truth because they treated each other with care, with a smile, not with anger. They didn't treat each other like they were an opinion. They treated each other like they were a person. When we do it in love and we show that we care, when we look in that man and we see that man with the lonely eyes, we see that person with a hurt attitude, we see that person with a sad past, with a pain and all that. When we see that, if we take their hand, that doesn't mean we have to agree with them 100%, but it means they have something to offer. If we take their hand, we'll be surprised. It will blow us away because that's not an opinion. It's a person and their viewpoint matters whether we agree with it or not. And as we begin to share in love and we begin to take our theorem and say, we've got to falsify this, we might not be completely right. In fact, I promise you, you're probably not. I know I'm not because I'm not perfect. And so if we're not perfect, we're not going to be completely right on every topic that we have. And I know they're in our minds that we think we are, and that's why we're so bold with those opinions. But maybe we need to step back a little bit, and in finding truth, find someone else who doesn't necessarily agree with your opinion. Make it falsifiable and have a discussion as you hold, so to speak, each other's hand, as you care about each other. I almost cried when that person said, you don't touch that person because they're my friend. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. And that's what makes the world great. That little bit of love. And and the song isn't talking about give a lot. It says, give a little bit, just give a little bit of your love to me. And then I'll give a little bit of my love to you, but someone's got to start. Don't wait for them to give to you first. Find people to give to them back. I've also noticed that social media isn't usually a good place to discuss this stuff anyway, not for the whole world to see because it it just always escalates into something that it just anger and, and, and people that have their mind made up, their mind is just made up for this to work. Both sides have to want the truth. Both sides have to experiment. Both sides have to falsify their theorems (laughs) to kind of find the truth. And to do that, you got to find someone else. And so when you just put all that information out online, the majority of the people are not in that position to do that. And it's just it's just going to get out of hand, in my opinion. It's almost like 
um, practical jokes. You know, one starts one in, 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 in teasing and in jest and in fun and in love. But before you know, man, it gets out of hand and pretty soon they're not even friends anymore. That's kind of what's going on with our, with our opinions. Uh, we're putting something out there, really wanting to help, really wanting to help people see what we see. But then it usually gets bigger and bigger and more extreme and more extreme. And pretty soon you got people trying to separate us and say, oh, you're one of those. Well, you're one of those. And we have to stop if we're not careful. The way to find truth is going to go extinct in our lifetimes. And our children or our children's children are going to have to reinvent that. They're going to have to rediscover that. And I don't want them to rediscover it. I want them to learn it from me so that they can learn how to disagree with each other and still love each other like my two friends online did. Because <laughs> that's a happy life. And that's what we need. I hope that spaghetti made sense to you. I hoped that helped. And I hope I didn't make you too angry with me. But I'm telling you, this is what we need. I hope that helped. Thanks for listening. I agreed with Nacho Libre when he said he was a little concerned. But I also agree with Dionne Warwick when she says, what we need is love. Sweet love. Life isn't perfect, but it still can be happy. Steve Ace.